We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. You can't handle the truth! Man, I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Wanna hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello and welcome to uh, another evening if you are listening to us live. Um, if you're not, whatever time of day it is or night, Who hello. Knows? Hello. Um, yes, because you could be listening to us uh, later on, the podcast, of course. Um, you are joined by Cecilia and Rachel, the two uh, ladies. The ladies night. It's the ladies night. ladies night. Yeah. <laughs> it just reminds me of John... Um, John, uh, what's his name? John Lovitz uh, from from Wedding Singer. Oh, because <laughs> it's ladies' night. I um put that film on. It's on uh, one of the streaming services. I actually put that on the other night and started watching it. I fell asleep before I could finish the end, so I've got the the rest to watch. But yeah. it's a good film. Isn't I it? love it's that a movie. Really good film. I I work with someone called Julia, and the <laughs> and I always um, forget. With people who have got names that can be similar, mm. um, like Julie and Julia, I always struggle like, oh, is she a Julia or a Julia? I think of Julia Gulia when I look <laughs> at her because I'm like, if I don't, I'm going to accidentally call her Julie. That's the way to and do it. And that's not her name. My um, name. Often when I answer the phone, uh, people think my name is Julia. They'll say, oh, hey, Julia. So there must be something with Cecilia. You Julia. know what? Uh, do you pick up phone voice? I'll close my eyes. Uh, welcome to... No, that's my radio voice. No, yeah. I can't do it. You put me on the spot. Because ah, um, people think my... I um, think I just say it really quick and it's... Well, yeah. um, I haven't. I don't get it too much anymore, but I used to get Tracy on the phone. Oh, oh hey, Tracy. Oh, Tracy. I'm like, uh, nah, so far away from Rachel. But anyway, that's okay. Yeah. Um, it's been a interesting week in... Um, in the world of pop culture and movies and such, and yes, we will talk about it, but um, let me please start by talking about Taylor Hawkins' passing. 50 years old, uh, if you're not sure who he is, he is or was the drummer of of Foo Fighters, and um, it was a shock. It was a shock because, yeah, people of such a young age, you, you don't you don't expect it. So it always hits no. hard. I mean, it hits hard when anyone passes, that's yeah. for sure. But yeah. I, I don't know, it just always feels a little bit more like a kick in the, kick in the teeth when yeah. someone who's quite young and still has, you know, a, a lot of time left to yeah. do amazing things. So. And I feel like he has been in my scope recently or the Foo Fighters have been in my scope recently because they had that that movie come out. Yeah, It's only just come out. I'm so glad he saw that mm. come out. Um, but, yeah, just really, really sad. I think um, I think it's the first um, c- celebrity passing that's really hit me hard, like, for a very long time since, like, you know, the Battle of 2016 where everyone died. Mm. I think that was the year um, David Bowie, Alan Rickman and... Um, 
tough year. And uh, Carrie Fisher died amongst other people. Ooh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was the year. But I just felt like it was, yeah, that was tough. I bawled my eyes out when David Bowie died. Oh, I know. It's Yeah, it's it's always hard. And, you know, it's interesting because you don't know these people personally, mm. but they have such a profound impact on you, whether it's through their music or their film or, yeah. you know, whatever entertainment platform they serve from. Yeah. It always hits you really hard. And I think that's such a special thing, isn't it, to know yeah. that they've affected so many people and, and you know, um, really made the lives of a lot of people because we look up to these people. We put yeah. these people on pedestals and, you know, the music or the films or whatever whatever they do kind of, you know, can really help us in our own way as yeah. well. So we're really appreciative of that. So I know there's a lot of people out there who love the Foo Fighters music. And, mm, and they were due to have um, some some concerts relatively soon down down this way. Absolutely. So uh, very sad. But um, I, Chris and I were in the city on the weekend, or not in the city, in Fremantle on the weekend. Um, we stayed overnight for his birthday, um, although it was technically Tuesday. Um, just to go to FOMO in Frio, which has got like, you know, the the bowling alley and the um, holy moly and arcade and like lots of places to eat and everything. And in the morning, we were walking through um, some of the, the little malls there and there's an old record store. Uh, I don't think they call it record stores anymore, but it sells <laughs> music and music paraphernalia. Um, you may know the one I'm talking about. It's in like a little alley Morley type thing. But anyway, um, it was pumping out the Foo Fighters as we walked past and we're like, Aww, that's appropriate. That is very appropriate. So, um, so yeah, that happened. And then I don't think I can use the word S-H-I-T, can I? Oh. oh. But that, that word and show together, just put those two <laughs> words together and that was the Oscars. <laughs> the Oscars never fails to disappoint. There's always something that happens. And I think that mm. we, as a, a as a group, really don't condone the Oscars that much. Here. No, we're, we're not never, huge fans. Exactly. I mean, it's interesting to find out, you know, what won and all that sort of thing. But really, I think people like the movies they like. And I think Oscars can, I mean... There are some movies out there that have won Oscars that genuinely deserve it. That's fine. Mm. But I just think it's it's a big night for, you know, people in the industry but not necessarily people outside the industry. And I think the whole thing is, you know, the, the reason um, why comedians host and they do take the piss out of the people in there is because it's a big massive room of multi-millionaires mm -hmm. who are celebrating... Um, what they're doing with their lives. But, you know, it's okay to take them down a, a peg or two because generally speaking, the comedians are punching above their weight. Mm. Um, so if you've been living under a rock, um, so Chris Rock said um, something about Jada Pinkett Smith um, looking forward to G.I. Joe 2 because... G.I. Joe, G.I. Jane too, because she has recently shaved all of her head um, because she ha suffers from alopecia, which is an immuno um, disease where you lose your hair. So he's made that joke. I don't know whether Chris Rock knew that she had alopecia. I certainly didn't. But that's not to say that he, he didn't know. Mm. Um, he may or may not have. But, yeah, it, it resulted in a very poor reaction from Will Smith where he got up on stage and slapped him. And 
I, I've watched that footage a few times now and it's shocking every time. It is. It doesn't get easier to watch no. it, to watch somebody go up and brutally... Well, I, 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 brutal is a strong word, but I think any form of violence is never the answer, ever. No. Nah. And I think there's a lot of people out there saying he deserved it, he deserved it, he deserved no it. No one deserves to get smacked. I mean, no. I didn't appreciate the joke either. But the thing about comedy is it's not going to make everybody happy. No. And maybe it was an inappropriate dig at Jada Pinkett Smith. It was. Um, but again, maybe Chris Rock didn't know she had alopecia. Mm. So I don't appreciate the joke, but his reaction was ridiculous. Oh, And yes. I think I posted a um, an article uh, on our Facebook page written by um, Khalil... Um, Oh, I've forgotten his name because I'm really shocking at stuff like that. But I felt like it was a really, really well-written article that breaks down why it was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are people defending him. And what kind of pisses me off is the fact that, uh, you know, Will's everyone's always wanted Will to get an Oscar and he's ruined his own night. Oh, absolutely. By doing that. Yeah. Because he's gone and won the Oscar and then he's like... Done that as well. Yeah. And then he gets up there and he doesn't apologise. He, um, well, he has some sort of like version of an apology and then he does release one the next day, but I'm sure it was heavily assisted by his publicist. But he kind of gave himself excuses as to why he did it. And I just feel like women don't, need to be protected by the man all the time. Mm. Like it's it's misogynistic to just as, a you know, a start. Um, so Chris Rock has been very quiet on, on what, you know, his feelings are about it. But Wanda Sykes, one of the... Um, one of the hosts went on Ellen and told her what Chris Rock had said to her shortly after getting off stage. And he said, it was sickening. I feel... F- I physically felt ill and I'm still a little bit traumatised by it because it's shocking. It is shocking. I think, you know, imagine his thought process seeing Will Smith walk up there, yeah. not really knowing what's going to happen. Uh. It could have been anything and he, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's hit and he has to bounce back from that. He did a good job bouncing back. carry on with what he's doing and there's probably a lot of things going on in his mind at this point in time and mm. I just, I, I, I do, I felt for him a little bit. I really did. Me Even too. Even though it was a crappy joke, I, I do get that, but I think it was not the way it needed to be handled. I mean, could there not have been a conversation afterwards between Chris Rock and, and Will Smith about, hey, I don't really appreciate that or it, it I mean, just quite... sitting in your seat and Jada Pinkett Smith's uh, expression was pretty clear. She yes. was not happy. No. He was initially laughing. Yeah. So I don't know what happened uh, off screen, that whether he mean, looked at her and went, oh, yeah. she's really not happy. Uh, I better do something. Mm-hmm. Um but, yeah, you show your disdain another way. Plenty of actors have had to do it before um, and come out later and say, look, I was really upset. Um, it just, uh, I don't know. Clearly he's got some issues that he couldn't stop himself the impulse to get up and slap somebody in front of millions of people because it's not just the people in the room and the people watching in America. It's people watching all over the world. And, you know, 
it's gone ridiculously viral, obviously. So he's clearly... Um, yeah. So um, Alan Randall's just sent us a message saying um, Pickett Smith was very candid about her condition and she has been since 2018. Um, I'm just opening up the message and, it's, of course, it's taking too long. Um, there's little chance that Rock didn't know. Which so could be true. Well, but these, they are sort of friendly. Yeah, but don't these jokes that get written go through multiple people before they're shared on stage? I don't think it's a one-person process. No, it's There's not. There's no way that someone writes these jokes and just presents them without them going through a couple of different people to make sure they're appropriate for. So there's more yes. than one person who thought that this was okay. I don't think it's okay. The joke's not okay. I don't, but yet don't. Someone don't should have said, mm, it's a medical condition maybe it's a bit of a low yeah. blow. Yeah. Um, and I felt like when he was saying it, he started it by saying, Jada Pinkett-Smith, I love you. Yeah. And then he did yeah. the blow. Like he knew what he was going to say was not appropriate. Yeah. And if that's how you felt, um, perhaps you should have just not said it. Oh, absolutely. You maybe. know? Exactly. So yeah. even if you had been paid to say it or, you know, someone had written it, you'd read it before and gone... Yeah, that seems fair. Um, it just, it, he is the last person to okay that because it's coming out of his mouth. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, he could yeah. have at any point said, I'm not comfortable saying this. Yeah, and exactly. Maybe, and he should have probably. Maybe. But I guess, you know, there's a whole, we could go on the entire show about comedy and. And, and censoring and comedy censoring and, and, all and, that and things stuff. like that. But I guess it's. Um, I guess violence, I, for me, it's, it comes down to violence is never the solution no. in any instance. And, and I, I think that's how most people feel. I've lost so much respect for Will Smith and I know a lot of people are like, oh, I hope we don't cancel him because of this. And I don't know that I'm going to cancel him, but I think it's going to be very uncomfortable for me to want to go and see. It, it's kind of a Tom Cruise situation. Mm. I don't go to see Tom Cruise's movies because I fundamentally disagree with with his um, opinions on mental health. Yeah. So that's my main reason and there's uh, multiple others, but I can't look at him and not have thoughts of like, I really disagree with you. Yeah. Um, and I think you can either take a stance on certain things, like it might sound ridiculous to some people. I might go and see a movie with somebody else on it who has questionable um values as well but um for some reason that particular thing about at tom cruise just really irks me yeah uh, because it's a serious issue and he's just an idiot but anyway <laughs> so yeah i think i'm gonna be a bit uncomfortable seeing any will smith, will smith. films but in future i guess plenty of other good things i suppose came from, yes from the let's move show. on to the good stuff so i guess um for me jessica chastain Finally won an Oscar for her role of for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, a film I've not seen yet, but she looks very different in this film. I, I, did they win um, for um, for makeup and design? They did. Yes. Ma uh, sorry, makeup and hairstyling. Because, it, it, honestly, she does look like a different person. She does. So I, I'm excited to see. She's done some great films over the years. She has. Um, and I think she's really kind of always gone under the radar for, for award shows. So it's yeah. great to see her um, win something there as well. And um, yeah. you and I are both fans of the film Drive My Car, which yes. won Best International Feature Film. So it's great to see that one. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, don't be 
um, dissuade by the fact that it's a three-hour film. Honestly, I started it and I was like, I don't think I can sit through three hours. And when it came to the end of the three hours, I did not want the film to finish. <laughs> I wanted to continue to be in the film. It's just very interesting. It's very, it's very interesting. It kind of sucks you in. It and there's does. a lot of conversation between two people, but it's such a... Uh, there's so much substance yeah, to it, the conversations they're having. It, you just get sucked in and you want to go, oh, wow, and you just start thinking about it. it it's a thinker. It's a real thinker. It did stay <laughs> with me for quite a long time and it really was interesting The because the, one of the big players in the in the film was the, the play. Um, yes. Uh, Uncle Vanya. So, you know, they were taking stuff from there and putting it into the storyline sort of. So I just, there was lots in it, lots of subtext. Yeah. Um, June won a lot of awards for physical, uh, vis- visual effects and sound and score and editing and cinematography, That those sort of big things. Um, Coda was the winner of Best Picture, which I missed. I missed this film, but... It's on know, Apple iPlay, I, I believe. I will watch this because it does sound like a very thought-provoking film, so... Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it is it, it is the winner. I, I am glad to see that come up the winner against Nightmare Alley, uh, Nightmare Alley and Don't Look Up. I don't think those two particular films for me are Oscar-winning films. I think both mm. are really good films, but yeah. maybe chucked in there because there wasn't a whole lot of releases this yeah. year. I don't know. Uh, but I don't know what I would have picked for my best film. I hadn't. Well, they also had Belfast, Licorice yeah. Pizza, The Power of the Dog and West Side Story. So, and King Richard, of course, as well in there. So I don't know what I necessarily would have gone with either. I mean, Drive My Car is probably um that's what have probably been me, my pick, to be yeah. honest. Uh, and it is sometimes disappointing. I mean, a few years ago, Parasite mm. obviously won Best Picture. That was one of the first or the first foreign film to win Best Picture. So it was kind of leading and paving the way. And I was mm. kind of hoping that we might see that again this year. But to even be nominated in that group is still a still yeah. a highlight and a standout. But uh, I still haven't watched The Power of the Dog. I know it's on Netflix too, I know. and it looks so good. And I just can't bring myself to watch it for some reason I, I watched the first 10 minutes and I don't know what happened but I think I was just like you know what I don't think I'm in the mi- right mindset for this I know I want to get back to it because Arda loved it and generally Arda and I have similar tendencies when yes. when we yeah. think about films that we like um, but of course Jane Campion won for for best director for that one so um, and Best animated feature. Have you seen Encanto? No, I have not seen Encanto. It's really, really good and the songs are very, very catchy. Um, And I appreciate that it won. However, I have watched um, The Mitchells versus The Machines multiple times (laughs) um, and sometimes it's been my choice, not Bryce's choice. Um, And that's on Netflix and it's, I believe, made by Sony Animation and it's just really innovative and fun and I think deals with um, a few different things that you don't expect in an animated feature. But, you know, no shade to Encanto. It's also a brilliant film. I've just realised here... As well, best original score. The Batman wasn't on this. Oh, I don't know if it was because it came out too late. It may have to come out too late for the Oscars, but that had a brilliant score to it. it. So maybe next year it might see that one in there. Oh. But anyway, there you go. So lots of uh, lots of highlights and and obviously a very. <laughs> 
lots of um, not so good things happen at the Oscars. No, as well. but I mean, um, Regina Hall, Wanda Sykes, and Amy Schumer did some very fun things. Yes, um, I, I I really only just watched clips. I didn't sit down and watch the whole thing, um, but I, I liked when they came on stage dressed as their favourite. Um, like actor or favourite character and Wanda Sykes came out as as King Richard with his <laughs> uh, or uh, Richard um, Richard Williams yeah. uh, with all the, the balls in the trolley and the... Love it. And then um, Amy Schumer comes down dressed as Spider-Man and Regina Hall is Tammy Faye or was she somebody else? I can't remember now. I didn't see a lot of it. I, I was actually at work this day because I remember the previous year was a public holiday but I was actually yes. at work this time around and I just remember quickly flicking through my phone on a mm. quick break and I could see all these things about Will Smith and I was like, what's going on here? And I was like, oh, gosh, this is what's happened. Well, I was working from home. Um, I wasn't watching it. I was working um, and Chris was home. He had a day off and he said, oh, have you heard the controversy about um, the Oscars? And I'm like, I-, I thought he meant like that some of the awards were not being presented. And I'm like, yeah, that's old news. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, oh, no. And then I watched it and it was I was floored, yeah. absolutely floored. Um, but there was a really lovely um, moment between Lady Gaga and um, Liza Minnelli. Um, Liza Minnelli is getting on and she's had some speech problems because of a, an accident or a stroke that happened a little while ago. Um, and she was struggling with, with reading what was going on. So there was a little moment where Lady Gaga said, I got you. And she's like, I oh, know. And I was like, oh, Aww. so sweet. That's lovely. Anyway, um, we have lots to talk about today. Um, I didn't think we were going to spend that much time on it. I think we were going to spend that much time talking. But mm. it happened. It happened. But we've got lots of other stuff to cover and we will um, start that shortly. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show uh, if you're listening live, you may have heard the soothing voice of Lewis. Lewis, who is not here, though. No, no. Um, on assignment. On assignment. <laughs> we sent him off to do some work for once. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. He's the one who does most of the work. Are you I know. Me? He attends most of the film previews, but there's a very special screening tonight um, that he wanted to go and attend, and I think he's the perfect person to go see this. He is. Um, although, it's no, you're... Dumber one. I yeah, feel like it was, would have been. It was just too far. Mm. Um with petrol prices the way they are. I know. Um, it was in Whitford's, I think, or Karen up. And um, for somebody who finishes at five o'clock and lives south of the river. It's very difficult. It was just too tight. Yeah. Um, so I was like, you know what? Lewis can take what this one. What is it? Fantastic. It's the... It's the life of Dumbledore or something. Some... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So clearly we both of us are not the perfect people to see no, this because we I, don't I, even know what it's called. I have <laughs> to admit I've lost interest a little bit. Um I did like Fantastic Beasts, but then I didn't watch the second one. Mm. Um, and now this Secrets of Dumbledore or something or other um, is out and I'm just like, ah, I don't know. Like, I suppose the thing is I feel like the original stuff is the the books yeah. and everything else that comes after is sort of like it's been branched off mm. and I don't know if how I feel about it all. Fair enough. Um but I'm sure it'll be very entertaining. <laughs> we'll see what he says next week. Yes. Um, but the the other disappointing reason why he's not here is, is because of Morbius. Yeah. Uh, which is released tomorrow. And he is, of course, the in-house 
comic guru. <laughs> Unfortunately, I am not so much and I have seen this film, so I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about it, but I think for sure um, Lewis will give his rundown on the film in more detail. Yes, he's given next. me a one-liner. Um, he enjoyed it more than he thought he was going to okay. and he gives it three and a half cool corridors. Three and a half is interesting for Lewis because yeah. usually he would score films like this um, between four and a half and five, mm, <laughs> anything yeah. Marvel-related. Well, but- I was surprised that he's said he enjoyed it more than he thought he was. I had no idea he was not going to enjoy it. I, uh, I thought based on that score he would have said I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he'll, he'll give us the full 411 he next week. Will. But it stars Jared Leto who plays Michael Morbius, a man with a very rare type of blood disease which he's had since birth and he kind of grows up to be this biochemist um, really renowned doctor who has created this synthetic uh, blood instead of you know people having to give blood all the time so he's created yeah this this synthetic blood essentially Mm. so he's won this Nobel Prize he's very well renowned but unfortunately his Rare blood disease causes him a lot of issues. He has to have blood given to him daily. Uh, I don't actually know the name of the disease. I don't think it's ever mentioned in the film. It's just this kind of... It may not exist. Or, you know, I suppose by not mentioning it, it could Mm. be anything. could be anything. So he decides to try and cure himself by injecting some rat blood or some kind of synthetic... Um, mixed, uh, not rat blood, sorry, bat blood. I was going to say, hang on a second. (laughs) Bat blood that he gets. And look, things don't go very well. Unfortunately, it is a failed experiment when he starts developing living vampire type tendencies such Mm. as needing uh, at first he can kind of survive on this synthetic blood that he's created but the craving for real human blood starts to become more and more and the synthetic stuff is just not doing it. It's just not cutting it. Not It's like drinking decaf. Eventually you just want to go back to the proper stuff. Exactly. But he's obviously since injecting himself with this um, bat blood he's got these kind of super human like strengths that he never had before but he's also got a friend called Milo played by Matt Smith who he met in uh, hospital when he was quite young and the two have been friends ever since and he kind of latches on about all this and happens to find a little bit himself and things kind of go south from mm. there and we start to see a villain come into the story. That is all I'll say. Um, but, look, I think I enjoyed Jared Leto in this role. I thought he did a really good job. Mm. For me, it was an hour and 50 minutes, so it's for me it's a great length. <laughs> so that sounds gen- too long to me. Yeah, look, I mean, you <laughs> genuinely think these superhero films go for a lot longer. Yeah, so I didn't, that's I true. I did expect it to be a lot longer. And for me, I thought, hey, it's about vampires. This is a superhero film. Yeah. I can get behind. <laughs> and there were some really interesting effects in this film as well. There's lots of these kind of slow motion pauses as kind of Jared Leto's doing his thing. So, and these face facial changes as well from being a normal face to a very vampire creepy face yeah some of those things were very creepy even the trailer freaked me out and there's lots of this kind of light neon kind of lights 
used as well at behind him as he's, you know, fighting. So it's, mm. it's kind of really super strength, really fast, and then all of a sudden really slow motion. So, look, some cool effects, uh, interesting story. It's an origin story. It's setting it up for more. Yeah. Uh, so there's definitely going to be more Morbius in the future mm. uh, because this very much just sets the story up and gives us a taste of what's probably likely to come. So for me... <laughs> I actually didn't I this was not as good as I thought it was gonna be. It's a little bit opposite to, right. to what Lewis thought. Yeah. I'm really sitting on the fence with this one. I'm gonna give it three. I'm gonna give it three. Three three flying bats. Three flying bats. So original. Oh, well, you get that. But it is out today and um, Lewis will give it a bigger um, review next week. But um, I want to have a chat about a film that's not out until next week. But I always like to give a bit of a, a bit of time because obviously if people are listening to the podcast, mm-hmm. they might not be listening to it as soon as it comes out. So this is a film, a little film called Nobody Has to Know. And it's being um, shown, I don't know if it's only at Lunar Cinemas, but... Um, they are obviously the the people who really um, support independent cinema. And so this is kind of a small film. Um, it is written, directed and stars uh, Bully Landers, who I believe is Belgium. Um, I don't know if, if that is correct, but um, yes, he is Belgium. Well done, me. <laughs> so um, it's... It's a really, like when it started, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm not going to like this. And then it's similar to like Drive My Car where you're like, oh, I don't know about this. And then by the end, you're absolutely like, oh, I don't want it to finish. Aww. So um, it's, um, Borley Landers plays a gentleman called Philippe or everyone just calls him Phil. And he works on a farm um, somewhere in Scotland in a, I don't know, it just looked very cold and miserable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he works on a family farm, not his family. And one day he has a stroke and he suffers from um, amnesia. So the daughter of the the farm owner, um, Millie, who is played by uh, Michelle Fairley, she goes to pick him up and um, has to explain, you know, um, what he does for a living. And the doctors have kind of said, look, that he's, uh, his memory may or may not come back. We don't really know. Oh. Um, but the best thing to do in that situation is try to immerse him in the life he's been living. Um, so get him back to work and all that sort of stuff. So she does that. She she takes him back to the farm and he starts doing stuff. He's, um, his personality really changes. He goes from this really chatty guy to like quiet, and which she would understand because he's forgotten his life. Um, but Millie is kind of driving him around and stuff like that because he's just had a stroke. He's got amnesia. He, he's not allowed to drive. And... Um, through this, she tells him that they used to be lovers. Oh, really? Um, but then she says, "It's uh, we shouldn't do this. And he, he wants to know more information, obviously. Like, when when was this happening? When did we get together? Are we broken up? Are we still together? Like, mm. what's, what's going on? And she's very cagey about, you know, the situation. But eventually they do kind of get together and um, have this romance but there's a lot of stuff not being said um and so she's sort of on edge and 
um, there's other stuff going on with his health and the story of, of them as well. So it's it's a really interesting case of like, um, it, it's like a quiet little Scottish town and it's, so these people live what people might think are small lives, you know, it's not a big city and um, there's not a whole lot of people around. So it, it's kind of a small life and... Um, I don't know, I think Millie feels kind of trapped in this small town. Um, she's They're both older people, um, I would say maybe late 50s. So it's kind of like she's never really done much with her life. She's still in the town she was born in, never been married. So this is her chance of a little bit of excitement, this, this love, you know. Um, I really, really liked this movie and it was quite slow to start off and to be honest there's probably not much dialogue like if if you had to go through the script and have a look at the dialogue there's not a whole lot a lot of the stuff is happening internally mm. and um michelle fairley and um bully landers do, do such a great job of really expressing what's going on in their heads through their face, <laughs> you know, through their facial expressions. Um, it's not a movie for everyone, obviously, because some people are not into those slow, um, you know, uh, character-based kind of films. Um, but I really, really liked this. This is out April the 7th next next week. Um, so if you're interested in a, a different kind of love story, I, I would say um, it's a good choice. I'm going to give it four Dalmatians. Oh. Cute. Yeah. Four Dalmatians. Um, and uh, we've still got more to talk about, so we shall do that. Did you know that Fremantle has its very own art house cinema? You'll find Luna on Essex, midway along Essex Street in the heart of Fremantle, screening an incredible variety of niche, foreign language and quality mainstream films in comfortable and intimate surrounds. It feels more like your own home movie theatre rather than a cinema. Catch up with friends for a pre-show drink in the fully licensed alfresco area or enjoy a glass of wine and a cheese platter during the movie. Check out what's on along with details of forthcoming films, festivals and added value events at lunapalace.com.au. Luna on Essex. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Hi. Hello. That was a very <laughs> that was such a delayed response. I'm so sorry. <laughs> It's getting towards the end of the week, you know. Oh it's my just, gosh! Yep, I'm ready for some time to uh to just relax. My brain is absolutely fried. I think regular listeners know that I'm working extra hours at the moment, um, and we are not fully staffed. We are even less fully staffed <laughs> this week because two people in our three person group have got COVID. Oh gosh. So I've been working by myself a week. Oh. So I'm a little bit fried. And then um, today I was talking to someone and I could not figure out the words to come out of my mouth. And I'm like, you know, the thingo. And it was like a, a customer the on the phone. But the I mean, they they were a nice person and she got it. And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's It's been a long week. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been madness at my work, so you know. Oh dear, looking forward to that weekend. Oh it's my inside. God. It's inside. <laughs> One more day. Inside. One more day. So I ju- I just hope um, my boss is doing all right. I think she got hit quite hard with the COVID. Oh. 
feeling quite rubbish. Oh, but no, anyway, that's good. it's all good. She, she'll come back fighting and then she won't have to deal with it again. Hopefully not. So, um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Sonic the Hedgehog Sounds two. like an exciting film. I, I have to preface with that I've not seen the first one. So Do you feel like it's necessary? No, not necessary. I think <laughs> for, for some people, people know Sonic the Hedgehog. It's a Japanese video game which follows Sonic, a blue hedgehog. He's really, really, really fast and his main... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is it because I'm talking about Sonic the Hedgehog? No. Or I think Sonic it's in be- general? I think it's because you, you're... You're approaching it with such professionalism. Thank you. Sonic is a, a Japanese um, video I've got game. I've background for he's, people who might not know. You he's know? a blue creature. He's very, very fast. He is. He's very fast. His main nemesis is uh, a mad scientist. Played by Jim Carrey. Uh, evil Dr. Eggman. So, <laughs> look, it, that's the background. I don't know a lot about this video game, but there are some hardcore fans there out there. There are. There yes. really are. And I got that impression when I attended this screening, that there are people who really like this. Uh, this this game. So the first film was released back in 2020. It did star um, James Marsden. It was uh, Ben Schwartz as the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog and you also had Jim Carrey as that mad scientist. And, you know, he's this, yeah, he runs at these supersonic speeds and I think in the first film he teamed up with a local town sheriff uh, Tom, who was played by Marsden, uh, to stop the mad scientists from doing some bad things. So that was the premise of the first film. <laughs> and when we come to the second film, it appears that Sonic has kind of made his home uh, in this fictional town of Green Hills. Because he's an alien, isn't he? Yeah, technically he's an alien, Right-o. if you like. So he's- Does Tails come into this one? Yes, Tails oh. does come into this one. So, yes, so he's kind of settled down. He's uh, made his home at this sheriff's. The sheriff has kind of brought him into his family. Him and his wife don't have any children. So, you know, Sonic is their child. Let's just have this alien yeah, blue speedy thing. Uh, and, you know, look, things are going really well. They're doing the normal family things that you would do, walking around town with a weird green, uh, blue alien. But, you know, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> people are used to it. They people know what's are, going people on. People are used to this now. They know Sonic. They're okay with it. But, unfortunately, uh, Dr. Uh, Robotnik is his name in this film. And mm. uh, who is played by Jim Carrey returns. So with, he's changed his name from Eggman. I don't know. Maybe Eggman's a different character. Maybe mm. I need to. Um, you know what? The people who are fans will be smashing their I heads know. against walls. So I think in the, the video game, his main nemesis is Dr. Eggman. Right. However, but, in the films, uh, it's Dr. Robotnik. Whether it's a similar character, change of name, I'm not 100% sure. I, I think probably, Dr. No, Robotnik was like one of his nemesis, as well. main so maybe nemesis. Eggman yeah. and, yeah, so maybe they've chosen to use Robotnik in, in the films. Okay. Because Eggman just sounds ridiculous. It does sound ridiculous. It but does. Jim Carrey does look ridiculous in this film. He does, and he's very Jim Carrey in this film. Yeah. Very Jim Carrey. And you can tell he's having a lot of fun with this role, which is quite fun to watch him yeah. have fun with the role. But, uh, yeah, Robotnik returns. He's got this new partner, Knuckles, and they're kind of on search for this mystical emerald that has kind of the power to do a lot of things, can destroy civilizations and such. So Sonic, again, comes to the rescue, teams up with his own sidekick, Tails, and they embark on a little journey to stop the uh, mad scientist and his 
sidekick. So just so people are aware, Tails is an orange alien thingy with two tails. With two tails. So, yeah, look, you've got uh, Idris Elba as the voice of Knuckles. You've got... Uh, uh, Colleen O'Shaughnessy, who plays uh, Tails, uh, I believe. Yes, she's the voice of Tails. You've also got, yep, John, uh, John Marsden. Jason. Jason. James Marsden. James. James Marsden <laughs> returns for this one as well. So, look, I mean, these aren't my type of films. No. Obviously, and I've said that in the past, you know, kids' films, I don't do them. I have to admit, though, I had a little bit of fun with this. I let myself have fun with this. There were some really fun scenes uh, with... Oh, thank you. Ah, Dr Evo Eggman Robotnik. So it's kind of like Eggman in quotation marks. So it's his kind of nickname. And Tails is a fox. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. So, yeah, look, I had a lot of fun. I knew he would know the answer. I like that though. So I had a lot of fun with this film. They visit some various places, meet some really interesting characters and, you know, there's an epic dance-off between, uh, you know, Sonic, Tails and some Russians. So <laughs> I thought that was quite fun. So, look, if you kids are going to enjoy this, I can yes. tell you that now. I enjoyed it as an adult and I think that, yeah, so, so kids are going to enjoy this as well. Wow. What so are we scoring it? I'm going to score this three and a half. Ooh, three and a half. Ruined Weddings. Yes, Ruined Weddings. Oh, sorry, it was in the trailer. Oh, thank you. Why not? Ruined Weddings. Let's go with Um, that. I I imagine I will be seeing this on the holidays. Bryce is going to spend a day with his mate and they're going to the movies. I am praying that they go and see Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and that I can go and see Bad Guys with them because... I think I'll like bad guys. I think the the wolf is voiced by Sam Rockwell. There's yes. a whole bunch of like really cool um, voice actors and we've been reading the books as well and oh. so they've been relatively entertaining because um, some kids' books are not. Um, yes. But these are quite, quite funny. So um, I'm hoping I get that one and, and Cooper's dad has to go and see, see the-, <laughs> the Sonic one. I don't want to see it. Love it. Anyway, someone has to take one for someone the team. Someone has to take one for the team. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So I have removed some of my um, platforms because there was too many, but I've kept Binge (laughs) um, and I'm glad I have because there is a new TV series called Our Flag Means Death. So um, it stars Reese. I was going to say Reese Whitby. (laughs) (laughs) Reese Whitby. Can you imagine? I'm just listening right now. What? Reese Whitby. He's too he's too busy to be in the he movies. Way too busy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Reese Darby. Um, he plays Steed Bonnet, who is a very wealthy man, um, a le- wealthy landowner in the 1700s. Um, but his real desire um, is to be a pirate. So he leaves his family and gets a pirate sheep and a sh- sheep <laughs> gets a pi- his own little ship and he fills it with all sorts of interesting ex-pirates and people trying to be pirates and um, wannabes and um, it's it's quite funny obviously because it's Reese Darby so of course it's going to be funny. It's also got a whole bunch of other comedians. Joel Fry who plays Frenchie. I don't know if you know the name, but he he played. Um, you know, in the movie Yesterday, he played that guy's, like, kind of sidekick. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's very, very entertaining. Um, you've got um, 
uh, Ewan Bremer, who people may recognise from... Um, I know that name. He's he's a Scottish actor who's been in a lot of stuff, but a lot of people will remember him as uh, the guy in... Um, Train spotting. Oh, I was going to say, he's Sparty in train spotting. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know the name. He pooped the bed. Um, you've got Con O'Neill, who's been in lots of stuff. Um, Taika Waititi comes in a, a bit later on. Rory Ke- um, Keener. So if, if you know these names, yes, the majority of them are British. British. Um, other than obviously Taika Waititi and um, our young Reese Whitby. <laughs> <laughs> I did it again. That wasn't even a joke. <laughs> I thought you were legit just joking me. No, I wasn't. Why have you got Reese Whitby on your mind? I don't know. Is he out doing good things in the community? Oh, he's always got stuff on Facebook, hasn't he? He's always, I, I don't know, you don't live in my area, but if you did, your Facebook would be full of Reese Whitby stuff. He's he's very <laughs> he's very chatty on the on the socials. Um, no, Reese Darby. Um, but anyway... <laughs> I've only watched the first episode and part of the second one. I got interrupted. But um, the first episode kind of gives you an idea of this um, Steed Bonnet character. Mm. His his life when he was younger was um, kind of filled with bullies. He was the kid who got bullied all the time. And um, he's he comes up when he's, you know, captaining this pirate ship um, they happen across a Navy ship and the guy in charge of the Navy ship who is played by Rory Keener, um, he was one of his main bullies as a child. Mm. So um, embracing his piratness, um, Reese Darby has a bit of an accident and the other guy ends up dead. So, mm. and he becomes kind of his conscience, I guess. Um, it's... Look, I've only watched just a little bit of it, but if you are into, um, you know, um, The Shadows, what's that? What we do in The Shadows. Thank you. Thank you Fly very much. Fly of the Concords as well. Yes, Fly of the Concords, that yeah. kind of comedy, um, like your absurdist kind of, you know, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but it's absurdist quite... absurdist is, is a good probably yeah. word for, for what that comedy is. Yeah. I was entertained and Joel Fry for some reason, cracks me up. Like he, he's, he is playing sort of a character that he's played before, mm. but I don't know. He's he's very lovable. Aww. He they're they're all given this task of making flags for the ship, um, you know, to bring them together and so they can you know craft together and whatnot as pirates do. <laughs> um, and his flag has a cat on it, and he's like, everyone knows that cats are really scary. <laughs> Um, you know, that's legit. I mean, my cat's got some vicious claws and she can bite. Cats can be very frightening. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you. Especially in a horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) Something moves and it's always a cat. So, yeah, that's on binge if anyone is interested. Excellent. I I have binge. I just not. It's one that I just can't quite get rid of because there's always something. I know there is always something, isn't um, there? I really enjoy. But unlike you, I try and cull mine as much as I can, so I'm not paying you know hundreds of dollars worth of streaming services. But um, I've still got Netflix, interestingly. And look, I did jump on the other day and watch a film called uh, Windfall. Don't know if you know much about this one, but it's a. It takes kind of place in one setting. This lavish holiday home owned by a tech billionaire played by Jesse Plemons, who we should mention was uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actor in Power of the Dog. Uh, I Well, um, you've just sold it to me. I, I love Jesse Plemons. He is brilliant. Um, 
You've also got his wife, who was played by Lily Collins in the film. And the two arrive only to... So they're off to their, their holiday home and they <laughs> arrive to encounter an unnamed man played by Jason Siegel, who uh, has broken into the home and he's kind of... There. He doesn't have this master plan. He's just kind of there to take what he can get. He's yeah. hoping to stumble across some cash. And Something. Look, a standoff kind of begins and, and ultimately uh, he begins to request some money and this money's going to take roughly 24 hours to get there because of the time of the day and where they right. are and it becomes this hostage situation as the three wait and they're you know basically it's this it's quite a um it's a short sharp film it's mainly built on conversations between the three and i think for me jesse Plemons' performance as this tech mogul mm. um, really sold me the fi- like it, it, he holds this film together he's such a delight to watch um it's quite genuinely amusing there's this scene where they're negotiating the money and jason siegel's character goes oh um $10,000. And then Jesse Plemons' character goes, oh, now nah, the cost of living, mate, you're going to need to go higher than that. <laughs> so they, they start negotiating and, and eventually he's like, well, you know, 70000 He's like, oh, what about $500,000? So it kind of becomes this really interesting scenario, um, which I think is quite funny because he's just got so much money. But yeah. look, I mean... he It's got this wonderful opening credit as well. It kind of feels like this Hitchcock sequence yeah this music that kind of comes into it and look yeah it's interesting I think it's built mainly around the setting it's directed by Charlie McDowell who is um Lily Collins uh husband oh okay so he really built the story. I guess I know how she got that job. Yeah. So, yeah, really built around the setting rather than the other way around. Yeah. Could have been a little bit more narrative. But overall, I quite enjoyed it. I think, again, you know, the performance, the one location, the conversations between these guys and Jesse Plemons is always a, a star in my eyes. I know. <laughs> we've, we've, we've got a thing for him. I don't know what it is. He's just, every time I see him on screen, he just captures me. Oh, he's... He's really brilliant. Love character he? actors, really don't we? Brilliant. So. Um, it's I. I've gone onto the IMDb t- page and I love what their names are. Nobody played by Jason Segel, wife yes. played by Lily Collins, CEO played by Jesse Clemens, <laughs> and Gardner played by Omar Laver. Yes. So I'm like, okay, well, ob- is this a COVID film? Obviously, because there's not many people in there's it. Not many people. Maybe that's why it, it, it's all about the setting. But look, it's yeah. worth a watch. It's quite it's short. It's short. It's sharp. It's it's entertaining. Well, that's what you want, isn't it? That's what you want in a film. You want to be entertained? Mm-mm. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? What is yet? that from? Is it Fifth Element? I was going to say Warriors, but that's not Warriors because he it's do can you dig it is Warriors. <laughs> I don't even know what Warriors is. The Warriors. The Warriors. Yeah. So, yeah, I love how maybe- you said it again thinking that I would just know what it was. <laughs> You know, the warriors, that's like Can when you... Can you dig it? That's like when you are speaking to someone who doesn't speak very good English and then you decide that you're going to say it louder and slower. And you're like, yeah. You that doesn't help thing. them. They do not speak English. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know what the um, warriors is, but that's okay. But I don't. maybe it's not from that. You might be right. It might be from The Fifth Element. Well, see, I've never seen The Fifth Element. Um, I recall moments of The Fifth Element from watching it with my dad when I was growing up, but I don't think I've watched it in recent years, so I can't tell you a lot about it. So 
um, there's a line in that where it says lights, Dimitri, and um, oh, whenever in our house someone says lights, oh. the other person says Dimitri, and it's a movie I've never seen. And Chris is like, you really. This is getting ridiculous now. It's you time have to, to see watch it. This film. Is there a reason why you're not or haven't? Oh or no, just it just hasn't happened. It just, <laughs> just I don't know. Life, life gets in the way. It does. And oh, there's this. There's, um, did you read the news about um, Bruce Willis this morning? No. So he will just cover this briefly because Quizzy will be in here momentarily. Um, but it's news has come out that he is suffering from a condition. Um, I, I don't know whether it is similar to um, uh, Alzheimer's, but it's called aphasia and it's a condition that um, means that the person starts struggling with speech and reading and memory. Oh, no. And for an actor, that's like their whole everything. everything. Yeah. So um, I did listen to some, a podcast recently where they spoke about the fact that he they think he was having early... Um, onset Alzheimer's or something. Wow. Um, so I was like a bit clued in already, but this is the official news is out that he's got this um, condition, um, aphasia, and it, it's something I've never heard of, but how sad. So That's he has really to start sad. working with a speech therapist and, um, but yeah, not being able to remember your lines and, and have to, to step back from your acting, which you've been Based doing all your life. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not a huge Bruce Willis fan, but it's still sad to read stuff like that. Oh, of course. So, yeah. you know, Aww, tough. That um, is. But we're going to finish off for tonight or today or whenever. Um, any last thoughts? Oh, look, there's a few things coming out in the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned and, and keep up to date with um, all the film news. I know Lewis and I are going to talk a bit more about Morbius next mm. week and then the week following, um, every, oh, what's the film called? Everything. <laughs> everything. Everything. All, all the time, in your face. Everywhere, everywhere, everything all at once. Oh, my gosh, I can't remember the Is title. Is this like that trippy film that you guys saw okay. everything everywhere all at once which is um a film that lewis and i have seen it's not officially out until the 14th but we'll talk more about that um as well so that's coming out so yeah lots lots coming out in the next few weeks to, to excellent make sure you stay tuned like you know stay tuned people download I, the podcast yes. in case you miss the live show basically is what i'm yeah. saying um i have no final thoughts um other than radio Fremantle has a new website looks pretty fancy it looks very good so we will catch you next week bye see you later guys this podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture <laughs>